You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Field presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield here in the midweek. Appreciate our fine friends at WFCA 107.9 at French Camp once again carrying the show each and every week. Charlie, feel a little bit better after we won on Sunday. Came back on Tuesday night. You and I had that broadcast. State winning 12 to 2 over Valpo in seven innings. Hey, I walked in the door and Jen was like, "What are you doing home so early? We don't know what it's like playing under 10 run rules." No, but I could get used to it. Yeah, I don't know that I was a fan early, but now that you're a few weeks into it, yeah, it just kind of seems right at this point, doesn't it? It does. And looking back, I guess before we start talking about state baseball and, of course, football, spring training beginning right now, and you've got men's basketball tournament going on up in Nashville right now. Looking back at Tuesday night, we, we beat Valpo 12-2. to You know, Valpo came out and scored three runs or two runs in the third inning, and Valparaiso had a 2 nothing lead. And I was like, oh, oh, here we go again, because we were having difficulties throwing strikes. But, man, at six-run fourth inning, and all of a sudden things begin to explode for you offensively. Charlie, looking around the league and, and people that you talk to, everybody says, hey, Mississippi State should be able to hit the ball and should be a very good offensive team. But, man, just looking around the SEC, I think there's a lot of good offensive teams in the league this year. Well, a lot of them are getting walked. <laughs> so they're getting a lot of free passes and therefore a lot of men on base and a lot of scoring opportunities. Walks have been a problem around the league this year. Now, they've been especially a problem here in Starkville, but you go back to the game on Tuesday, Bradley Lofton, he was dominant inside the zone, but still put a lot of guys on. That's the one thing. If he can clean that up, opponents are hitting less than 130 against him. The thing that I liked about Lofton the other night, it's almost like the second time through the order in the fourth inning and the fifth inning, I thought he didn't have fastball command. He had you know, he had the velocity there. The command kind of left him, but he pitched well, change up, curveball, his off speed pitches allowed him to come into play and get through some at bats. I thought to me that was almost like a maturation moment for Bradley Lofton of when your stuff is not great, when in high school baseball and you're throwing in the, in the low 90s, you can just rear back and fire it. I thought the other day he pitched in the fourth and fifth innings, and he's, he's becoming a pitcher. And that's a big transition for a lot of guys, particularly when you're as dominant as he has been, to, to learn to pitch and not just throw it past people. But that changeup is it's sick. It's the most underrated pitch in baseball, hands down. If you've got a pitcher – that can throw a legitimate changeup. And, hey, let me tell you this. If you got a 12-year-old kid out there right now instead of worried about sliders and snapping off curveballs, you throw, you know, get your kid throwing a changeup and throwing it well and understanding the grip and can locate changeup, I'm telling you, man, it's the second most important pitch in baseball behind what? Strike one? Yeah, strike one. <laughs> um, 
Hey, the other thing we didn't do on Tuesday, we didn't commit an error. No, we didn't. And that's a good thing because we are sitting at 23 errors right now early in the season. Right now, here's the the good news, the bad news, all those things. Right now, you're not hitting it as well. We talk about being able to hit the ball, but you're, what, 11th in 11th. the league in hitting right now? Yep, 11th in the league right now, 306 batting average. All right, and then ERA, you're 13th. Arkansas, by the way, was 10-2. and two. He's been playing really good, is last in ERA, but you're 13th in ERA. You're last in fielding, and you're not just last in fielding. You are last by a significant gap, 20 percentage points. Well, and or two percent. You get what I'm saying. I get to what you're saying. points. We had 23 errors on the season. The next worst fielding team in the league, as far as the number of errors, is South Carolina. They've committed 14 errors. But they're fielding at 973. They've had more chances. But uh, we're at 952 fielding percentage and Alabama at 972. Going back to the point we made last week, the worst fielding percentage in the league last year was LSU, which was at like 962. By the way, LSU leading the SEC right now in fielding percentage. Tigers have only committed four errors so far this season, and that's it. The other thing that jumped out at me looking at the league statistics this morning was that we are not alone in having difficulty throwing people out. As you look at the caught stolen bases around the league, we have thrown out three. Tennessee is the only team to have thrown out more. They've thrown out four. Now, we've allowed more, so we've had more opportunities, but even percentage-wise, more guys running against South Carolina, more guys running successfully against Alabama and Auburn. So nobody doing a terribly good job right now controlling the running game. And the other thing about the 26 that we've allowed, peel that back, like 10 of those came in one game. And several of those came on double steals where you're getting charged with two on one pitch. Right. I I mean, they had – VMI had, what, 11 steals in the first four innings? Yeah, and and how many of those were double steals? Three of them probably. Yeah. At least three. Well, and one of the things I was talking to Coach Polk about yesterday – is the SEC right now has 38 pass balls that have been charged to its catchers. We've had 10 of the 38. And so 10 pass balls early in the season. And, of course, a lot of that is uh, is, is Ross Highfield, the catcher, our true freshman. But here's the thing about Ross Highfield. And you see this early in guys' career. Sometimes you're seeing more pitchers and different styles of pitchers. Am I crazy to say, Charlie, that one really doesn't concern me as much as some would because that one's going to get better just oh, by yeah, yeah. just That's... by him being there. And I'm not as worried about the pass balls right now as, uh, no, as the stat show. No, not at all. And you look at when they come, a lot of them on two strikes. Right? Trying to frame with his fingers instead of the palm. Yeah. That's just getting used to it. And the other thing is this. So guys, and this is why you don't see many freshman catchers in this league. Because what? how many guys do you catch in high school? That That's what I'm really saying. Really throwing something up there, three or four? Two, three. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, it's not many. Now you got 13 guys coming up with 13 styles or 20, 20 pitchers. How many have we got with different styles of movement? Well, it's, and some guys have many styles of their own. I was talking to one of our hitters the other day about 
hey, what's it like to hit against Landon Gartman? And they said, well, I don't know if it's going to break left, right, up, down. You got no idea. And so now you think about catching. You're just seeing things you haven't seen. So here is my happy, positive view on all this. We are sitting here right now, eight and five. We can improve significantly. People say, is this a team that can make Hoover? I don't know that this team can go very far. We're going to field it better than we've been fielding. Yes. We are absolutely going to field it better than we've been fielding. We're going to pitch it better, and we're going to hit better. And we're going to – a lot of these things that we're talking about, the beauty of it is they're very fixable, and it's very natural that you've got the issues. In fact, I would say in many ways, in some positions, you're ahead of the curve of where you expected to be. Nobody could have reasonably expected Amani Larry to be playing – like he is playing right now. Amani Larry has has just been phenomenal. Oh, he has. He's got the highest OPS on your team right now. So, yeah, Amani Larry has been a great surprise right now for us. I mean, one of his, his on-base percentages in the top ten in the SEC. Okay, so we'll dive more into the stats. We'll look at this upcoming weekend against Lipscomb. We'll take a look around the SEC here in the midweek show. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Agents all across the state of Mississippi, their customer service is second to none. Home life, auto, whatever you're in the market for, go by and see our friends at Farm Bureau. And also on Friday, we'll have our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Charlie and I will be back in the studios tomorrow and breaking down and getting ready for the Bison of Lipscomb. That's the opponent this weekend on our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. I had a chance to go down to the Tracks Plus main offices in Hickory earlier this week, talk to Chris Weems, and, man, just a complete growing brand at Trax Plus and Saney Excavators and Mini Excavators. If you're in the rental world, in the construction world, and you need to just rent like a big truck to haul a bunch of dirt, I mean, they can do it all at Trax Plus. Go to TraxPlus.com. Charlie and I will come back. We'll talk further about Mississippi State in baseball. We've got football that's kicked off this week. Zach Arnett in his first spring training as a head coach at Mississippi State. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here in the midweek. This is Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And welcome back to Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. And I'm Bart Gregory, along with Charlie Winfield. This segment brought to you by our friends at Heartland Catfish. Heartland, producing the finest U.S. farm-raised catfish you can find anywhere, and it's right here in the state of Mississippi, over in Itabina, Mississippi, just on the other side of Greenwood, and they service great restaurants around the south. We talked about the Golden Chick restaurants in Texas last week. Let's talk about one that you can get right here in the state of Mississippi. Down by right by our good friends, the Country Meat Packers, is Jerry's Fish House. Jerry's Catfish House is the igloo down in Florence, Mississippi, right beside Country Meat Packers. And, of course, Jerry's the finest catfish house you can possibly go to. It is unreal. But the, it's the big igloo. It's on the west side of Highway 49. And get the catfish platters. They've got shrimp and oysters and all that good stuff, hamburger steaks, but the catfish is what Jerry is, is known for, and they get it from our good friends at Heartland Catfish. Charlie, one of the things we did see Tuesday night, we talked about Bradley Lofton a moment ago, but the first time we see David Mershon, he's drawing the start at third base in a game on Tuesday night, 
And, uh, Charlie, sometimes when you put a freshman in there, you put guys in the lineup, you just want to see how they go. And then the way they play, it's hard to take them out of the lineup. Mershon looked really good and looked very comfortable Tuesday night. Boy, did he. I mean, goodness. I, I loved, first of all, the hardest hit ball he hit all night was an out. Yes. He lines into a double play, but he lined into a double play, stayed inside the baseball. Next time up, he dropped a bunt down, and it wasn't that he telegraphed a bunt. I mean, he just out of nowhere dropped that thing down. And by the time the pitcher had made it to the ball, he was already on first. There was no throwing him out. Yeah, the guy can flat out run. And had, that's the guy who supposedly had a leg injury. Yeah, he's had you know, hamstring, some kind of leg injury early in the season. And they've been just really been patient with him because the last thing you want early in the season is some kind of strain and pull, and then it nags you all season long. I mean, he looked very comfortable running that ball out on that bunt. It was a beautiful bunt. And then later lacing the ball the other way is a switch hitter. And so then all of a sudden you ask yourself the question, you know, if you put Mershon in the lineup, what do you do with him in the lineup? Do you bat him where you did the other night in the ninth spot? So essentially you've got back-to-back leadoff guys. Charlie, is he a type of guy as a switch hitter that you could move up to the two spot in the order and drop Ledbetter back down into, say, three or four? I don't know. That's just questions you got to see. But you have to, you know, even though he had a great night the other night and you're going to see better pitching, a lot better pitching, we'll talk about Lipscomb in just a moment. But he's still a freshman. And so I don't, he had that great sample size. He had that as a great sample size in one game. So you don't want to you don't want to get too excited. But everything that you and I have heard during the summer, during fall practices, during early spring practices, is players, coaches, everybody says, "Hey, let me tell you something. This Mershon kid can play." No, he's just got something to him. Yeah, he's he's got something to him, and you can see it. He's going to be a big time player at Mississippi State for a while. But the next question is, where do you go? Where do you put him? You know, he's naturally a shortstop. Are you going to play him at third base? Uh, in that case, what are you going to do with Alford? Alford had he's had his issues defensively, but you certainly, I mean, look, Slade Alford's a guy you're, you've been counting on. He's not somebody you can just say, all right, you're headed to the bench, and or certainly not easily say that you're headed to the bench, and now we're going to play Mershon instead. But I, I'd say this, he's going to have to play until we figure out he can't. And that's the thing. You just wonder how much more this lineup is going to trend towards matchups. How much more of who is out there every day. We talk all the time about, well, sometimes it's about us, sometimes it's about them. But isn't setting our lineup to some degree going to be about them and style of pitching and everything else for a little while? I think so. And sooner or later, you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do with some of these guys are not getting to play a whole lot. I mean, we we say it every week about Isaac and about Aaron Downs. I mean, these guys are legit players. And once you get into SEC play, and it becomes more and more about matchups. And that's the thing about college baseball and that, that makes it tough is because in the pro game, you've got every single day you can get back out there and play. In the college game, you got one midweek game. And so you've got a little bit of time before you can try to work out the kinks between weekend games. And so just getting at bats, I think that affects pitchers too. I think when you have a vast number of pitchers and you don't get work on the mound, it's one thing to pitch in the bullpen. It's another thing to come in and and pitch in front of grandmas in the stadium. 
and not getting a chance to pitch. That is one of the downsides about having the 10-run rule early is you don't get a chance to, to throw a guy out there and mop up duties to get a few innings or get an inning of work in a in a blowout game. That's one of the things that's going to go away with that 10-run rule. So that's a, that's a look at baseball. Uh, Charlie, football-wise, spring practice beginning this week, uh, you and I have had a chance to talk with Zach Arnett on a number of occasions and the transition, usually when you have the transition in the spring, coming from a new coach, you've got a new system. I mean, of course, him being here the three years has been very big. It just seems like it's been a seamless transition for the players coming into the spring brawl. It does feel that way There's for all the turnover. Maybe it's because we had the bowl game. I, I'm not yeah. sure, but if you look – we think about stability in terms of Zach Arnett being hired, but there's a lot of new faces on this coaching staff. You know, offensive line, getting used to a new coach. Defensive line, new coach. Offensive coordinator. Well, we've got a new defensive coordinator, even though he's been here, but there's a lot of change on this coaching staff, aside from the head coach. And we got Chad Bumpus back. So we'll we'll see how things go. And um, And look, hey, we're leaving out the other thing. We're recreating a position. The tight end position. Yeah, I mean, one that didn't exist. And so adding some tight ends to the roster, that's been really big too. You know, the question becomes is, you know, the quarterback position, Will Rogers used to a drop back style. Will was kind of laughing about the, about this the other day, and he was like, hey, everybody's telling me I can't run. Well, it's because, you know, I was have never needed to run from a standpoint, from a coaching standpoint. Of course, adding Mike White to the offense, that adds another dynamic. It's kind of like the Saints when you knew you had your quarterback in Drew Brees and then you had Taysom Hill – that they would bring in on certain packages. I think you're going to have packages for both of these quarterbacks that you can use them in so many different ways. Well, I don't know. L- let me let me give you a counterpoint there. Okay. Mike White has three to play two, meaning he can redshirt this year, which means playing up to four games. Right. And then you still have him for two years. And so the question is, are you going to – use a year of eligibility with Mike White being a, a package guy? I don't know. That We'll see. Yeah. And, you, you know, I've never been a fan of the Taysom Hill situation in New Orleans either. I've uh, never been a fan of New Orleans, but that's well, a broader topic. Well, I've never been a fan of the Cowboys. Until no, I meant the entire city. Until but, now. Oh, I love New Orleans. You don't like New Orleans? How can you not like New Orleans? New Orleans is a great place for like three days. All right? Okay. And we're really about to wait off some stuff. We don't. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm just. Uh, yeah. I'm just poking at my Saints friends. I know. So, no, but I think that'll be interesting to see how much do you use him, because I think if you roll, I think they're going to have to be very careful early, using him, in a game where you don't need him. Yeah, I can see that too. And hey, the, the schedule sets up. And we could talk about all this. You know, we got many months until football season begins, six months until the first game. But just, you know, talking to Zach Arnett and the you know, just the camaraderie of this new staff, it's been really, really cool to see. And excited about having a true spring game. Well, if you can be excited about having a true spring game. So you've got the – Are you ever excited about spring games? Not really. Because it feels to me like every time we have a spring game – It's practice. People leave all excited about some guy – who won't be on the team 
by the time the season rolls around, right? And they always leave mad about something that you probably shouldn't be mad about. That's right. It's like going to practice. People ask me all the time, do you go to practice? No, because if the offense looks good, then I leave there and say, man, the defense was terrible. If the defense played well, I sit there going, well, the offense didn't play well. It's practice. And so it's like Allen Iverson, man. It's practice. Practice. It's practice. All right, when we come back, we'll take a look around the SEC, kind of get you ready for the big weekend, final non-conference weekend in baseball before we get into league play. And once again, thanks to our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, located right here in the state of Mississippi. It's a homegrown product here in Mississippi, Country Pleasing, so many different varieties. Of course, go to Country Meat Packers. They've got all your – tailgate stuff that you need for the tailgate. Their butcher shop is fantastic. And they'll ship it to you if you can't get down there, countrypleasing.com, and they'll get it to you. That's, of course, a staple in the Gregory household, anything to do with Country Pleasing. Back with a final word. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau. All right, welcome back. Final segment of Out of Left Field presented by Farm Bureau. I'm Bart Gregory along with Charlie Winfield. And, Charlie, before we talk about the SEC this weekend in baseball, the final tune-up before we get ready for league play next weekend, I'd like to thank our good friends at Startwell, Mississippi's college town, the GSDP, one of the best places to retire in the state of Mississippi. You can invest in a second home, not just for football game day weekends, but – Invest in that second home and come up here and spend a lot of time for us. SEC Sports, you got museums on campus, the Philharmonic Orchestra, Starville Community Theater, community markets coming up next month. And so just a charm of a small town with the resources of a nationally acclaimed and recognized university as the member of the SEC. And that's our good friends at the Starville GDP. Hey, you know what else is coming up? What's coming? The Charles H. Templeton Ragtime and Jazz Festival. Hey, I went to that last year. It's cool. It really is cool. It really, it it's really coming up March twenty third. So that's right on top of us. Yep. Not just performances, but also having meetings, discussions about the business of music. So a lot of cool things going on there as well. Nope, no doubt. If you're planning your trip, go to startwell dot org, Mississippi's college town. All right, this weekend, Charlie. To me, when you look around, there are 14 teams, of course, in the SEC. 13 of those are playing home series this weekend to get ready for SEC play. Kentucky is the only team going on the road. Kentucky's going to Southern Illinois this weekend. It's the Salukis, right? Yeah, the Salukis. The whole story about Charles Rhodes asking Ben Hansbro, where in Missouri is Southern Illinois? <laughs> Every time I think of Southern Illinois, I think of that day in – we're in Anaheim, California, and he asked that question. Well, you know, there's some big series around the league this weekend. You've got uh, New Jersey Tech going into Missouri. That's uh, – no, nah, I can't even – although New Jersey Tech did take two out of four from Purdue, and Purdue is who will be playing in Oxford this weekend. You know, Purdue's had a pretty good start to the season. And then uh, playing at Ole Miss, Ole Miss had the big win in the midweek over Southern Miss – Charleston Southern at Georgia. Georgia's been a really hot team and playing extremely well. At Georgia right now is ten and three. They won, you know, won a couple games in a row. Had a good series against Georgia Tech last weekend. To me, Louisiana Tech at Arkansas. That's going to tell you a little bit about Arkansas. Arkansas is ranked third in the country. The highest ranking they have is third in the country, but they're last in the league in ERA. They they've had some injuries pitching wise. 
here early in the year as well. We've had some nagging arm injuries here early in the season, and so Arkansas is having a difficult time throwing it right now. Their record is okay. They're 10-2, and two, but you know, Lane Burroughs going up there, playing a three-game series at Arkansas, that ought to be a pretty good series. Yeah, Arkansas is a team that's perfectly capable of losing to a Lane Burroughs team, but they're also – Capable. That that one's going to be interesting to watch. I I love what Lane Burroughs has done at Louisiana Tech. That that guy is a baseball coach. He is, and his guys always show up ready to play, and they just have an edge about them, in in a good way. It's a team that I don't think they will be bothered one bit by going on the road and and playing in a hostile environment. Arkansas though off to a really good start. So I think this weekend will give us a little insight into where Arkansas really is. Vanderbilt's off to a 10-4 and four start. They won a 17-inning game or a 16-inning game last night that went long, long time. Boy, you hate that in the midweek, don't you? Man, don't you, though? They won 2-1 to one over Evansville in 17 innings on a Wednesday night when they already played a Tuesday night game. And so Vanderbilt hosting Loyola Marymount. Vanderbilt has not – they have not swung it that great, and they have not pitched it that great early in the season, and so we'll see how Vanderbilt comes on. Sienna is on the road at number two, Florida. Florida's off to a good start offensively. Wait a minute. What series of rankings do you use, by the way, when you start saying number two? Well, here's the – there's th- roughly 48 people who rank teams. There are. Okay, so what I'm doing is I'm looking at the SEC schedule, and what they do is – their rankings reflect the highest among the major polls. Now I think you've got okay, like so you got like seven chances to get with the cafeteria <laughs> plan here, right? Take the one you want, leave the rest on the tray. Huh? Yeah, so I mean you've got a bunch of polls out there. And some of those guys that used to be really good in the polls, they're not very good anymore. And that's that's a nice way of putting it. So Siena is at Florida this weekend. Moorhead State gets to go down and uh, to Rocky Top. They'll, they'll they'll take on Tennessee in a three game series. Moorhead State at Tennessee. Hey, we saw Columbia a couple years ago. Columbia is on the road in uh, Tuscaloosa this weekend. Alabama has had no doubt the easiest schedule probably of anybody in the country to open the season. They're fourteen and zero, but they played nobody. Now, they were supposed to go out to Pepperdine, but that got weathered out, so they played high point at home. But Bama and Columbia this weekend. Well, that's a lot of disrespect for our good friends in Illinois, Chicago, and Samford, and High Point, and Richmond, kind of disrespecting the Spiders here. Well, I don't think our good friend Curtis Granderson is – he may be listening to the show, but Curtis, a graduate of Illinois, Chicago, played up there. Hey, you know, his mom and dad are from Chulo. You know, Curtis Granderson's mom and dad are Mississippians. Yeah, should have had him here. Should have had him here. He's been here several times. Good dude. Man, what a great guy. Then you've got uh, Kentucky on the road at Southern Illinois. Southeastern Louisiana is at number 11, Auburn. Every time I think of Southeastern Louisiana, I think we hit into a triple play down there one time. I think that was in 2011. We hit into a triple play, or 2012 down at southeastern Louisiana. They swept us at home, I think, the previous year, but we did good down there. Auburn has that unstable tie on their record, 11-1-1. And that that was the game, too, that they should have gotten beat, but the guy missed home plate. plate. He didn't step on home plate. Anyway, Northern Kentucky, the Norse, we saw them last year. They're at 12th-ranked Texas A&M. A&M's a team you had not figured out yet either. They've been up and down big time. 
Hey, you know, Northern Kentucky, we weren't terribly impressed by. They haven't been a strong program over the years, but we thought they were playing a little better this year. How about this? They've started this season eight and four. They took two or three from Eastern Michigan, took all three from Western Michigan, and uh, beat Eastern Kentucky. So, I mean, you know. Man, yeah. Heck, yeah. There's some high. They beat Bellarmine. Really? Yeah. Bellarmine's coming on in everything. run rule, Bellarmine. Well, Samford is down in Baton Rouge. You talk about two teams that like to hit in small ballparks. Samford <laughs> and LSU playing down in Baton Rouge this weekend. Purdue at Ole Miss. Bethune-Cookman is on the road at South Carolina. And so here's how the team's right now. Carolina is 13-1 and overall to start its season. They had two big wins against Clemson a couple weeks ago. Kentucky's off to an 11 and 2 start. Missouri's 10 and 2, Florida 12 and 3. Tennessee is 11 and 3. Georgia's 10 and 3, Vandy 10 and 4. That's the east. Over on the west, Alabama has beaten nobody to get to its 14 and 0 record. LSU is 12 and 1. Auburn is 11 1 and we're going to have to see that all year long. Ole Miss is 11 and 2, Arkansas 10 and 2, A&M is 9 and 4 and we are 8 and five, and so that's kind of how everything stacks up. Next weekend, when we go to Kentucky, that will be the first games this season that we will play a true away game. And so, not many people played away games here early in the season. So that's kind of a look around the SEC about what's coming up this this weekend in league play. But Charlie, all we got to do is take care of ourselves. We'll talk more about Lipscomb on our tracks plus deep dig tomorrow. Hey, they're not bad. They. They're not great. Let's not oversell this. But we're going to see some good arms. They won two out of three against Notre Dame. They lost two one-run games against the Auburn Tigers this past weekend. And so they will, they've will. they got some guys, left-handed guys. We'll kind of tease this because we'll talk about it more tomorrow in our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. They've got some arms. they got some left-handed guys can run it up there 92-93. And, Charlie, that's one of the things you look at us here early in the year. We have not hit left-handed pitching well at all. We're only batting 215 against left-handed pitching, 347 against right-handed pitching. And so we need to turn that around and get some pretty good left-handers this weekend. Boy, howdy. Yeah. I appreciate it. Once again, thanks to our good friends at Farm Bureau. Farm Bureau, go with the home team at Farm Bureau. Check them out at favorites.com. Tracks Plus, Tracks Plus with heavy machinery, the forestry equipment used our new wherever, whatever you need tracksplus.com country pleasing sausage go to countrypleasing.com our good friends at heartland catfish producing the finest u.s farm race catfish you can get it right here in the state of mississippi at jerry's catfish house on highway 49 in florence the greater starville development partnership check them out at startville.org and then once again our good friends at bank first go to bankfirstfs.com for all your lending needs. For Charlie Winfield, I'm Bart Gregory. Appreciate you guys hanging out with us here on Out of Left Field, presented by Farm Bureau.